everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. It is Becky and Leah. Hey, Leah. Hi. Hi, Becky. Listen, no crazy, you- yeah, no crazy hellos today. Did you see I didn't do my Mrs. Doubtfire voice for everybody? I know, but we should do it all the time. Hello. Hello. But everybody made fun of me. They make fun of you no matter what. It's I mean, not- pretty much. It's just a given. There's a target right there in the middle of my chest that says, make fun of this lady. Um, okay. So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are chatting with author Maria Lewis. Um, welcome to the podcast, Hello. Maria. How are you? Hi. Hi there. I'm so excited to be here. Did I say your last name right? Right? You correct? did. Okay, good. Honestly, you could say it however you want. I'd be like, it's perfect. Perfect. Awesome. (laughs) I get it so many different ways. I spelled it wrong in all the initial notes and stuff. And then Leah's like, so which of her books have you read? And I went and I looked. I'm like, do you know that in everything I have it spelled incorrectly? (laughs) And Leah just didn't correct it. Nothing. Just let me. If it makes you feel any better, Lewis is a pen name. It was my dad's name. For some reasons, I used it, but also because my legal surname, like no one, no one would be able to find me or look it up or remember. It's been 31 years since I've had it, and I often also mess it up. So I mean, it's just like that's something right there. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it defies all grammar. Defies, defies all grammar. Defies grammar. (laughs) That's fine. So, okay, Leah, why don't you read us Maria's bio? Okay. Maria is a big fan of books, nature, dogs, and pretty things. Not always in that order, though. By day, Maria is a historian who specializes in 19th century New Orleans and 14th century London. What do the two eras have in common? Not much except for disease, scandal, and crime. (laughs) Maria's favorite historical topics. For real, if you want to talk about any of the above, just reach out. When not digging through the archives, Maria writes romances about strong men and the sassy women who sweep them off their feet. Her favorite book will always be Scandal in Spring by Lisa Kleypas. She's worn the pages so much by rereading, but will never give it up. It's true. It's my favorite (laughs) book or one of them. It's like top five. So um, we're going to get to know you a little bit, but we'll ask, is that how you got your start in reading romance is through historical fiction, historical romance? It definitely was. I mean, I was reading them way too early. Like we're talking, I found, did y'all ever read the YA Avon books that were, they were historicals. The first one I read was Belle and the Bow um, by Mm. Beverly Jenkins. They were were definitely- I read that book. I didn't realize it was YA though. It was YA and they had, they had like 10 of them. Like Meg Cabot had one. Yes. And Lorraine Heath had Amelia- it was Amelia and the Outlaw, y'all. It's the fact that I remember all these titles <laughs> something else. But like, I fell so in love with them. And then I was like, like going through all like the bookshelves at the library, like in the young adult section and couldn't find any others. And then realized that there were more on the other side of like the divider. But those were the adult <laughs> ones. Across the divide. <laughs> Dead across the divide, just like wander over there. And then I found myself reading and so it went from historical to paranormal because of um Sherilyn Kenyon she also had her historical name under um is it Karen McGregor I believe it was and um 
and then I was like wait this also author writes stuff about vampires you know <laughs> and then it and then it continued and then finally I found my way to contemporary but it started in historical and historical is still my my like true love of all things um we a lot of us we have found have gotten our start in historical and I think it goes to like I started younger than I should have I read right. my first at 14 <laughs> Um, and I was, I'm a little bit older than you. So I started with Jude Devereaux's, like the hardcore Jude Devereaux's, Joanna Lindsay's, um, stole them from my mother's bedside. As one should. (laughs) I feel like that's our rite of passage sometimes though. Cause I, again, I was like 13, 14 and my mom used to get those cardboard boxes of Harlequins delivered to the house every month. And so I just hijack them and like sit in my room and like read them in the corner because I wasn't I supposed was still my to grandmother's, them. but she would get them. I'm half Greek and she would go to Greece every single summer. Like mm-hmm. that's where we, where she literally came off the plane. Well, actually, no, she wasn't a boat, but she, <laughs> she came from Greece and they have like, um, I don't know the American, the English word for it, like plucky, but they're like little like stands and they sell books in them and they would sell Harlequins. They were Greek translated from English. And I would steal them from her and read them. <laughs> so I like never read at his, like a Harlequin in English, but I did read them in Greek. And That's then um, I remember in high school, Harlequin's website had like daily. Do y'all remember this? They yeah. had daily. But I wasn't uh, in high school. Chapter. <laughs> well, I would read them during my computer class. So I'd be like, hey, computer, like angling the big old big old desktop monitor to like go onto his harlequin's website we didn't have that kind of access when i was in high school i probably shouldn't have been allowed to have that access (laughs) um i was not anywhere close to high school or college during the days of (laughs) the harlequin serials okay we're not talking about that anymore (laughs) i'm just gonna keep going um are you so are you looking what, at your I... notes miss leah at all well but we us. were just talking it's fine so congratulations <laughs> first off like you had a, a big momentous occasion a couple weeks ago i guess it's been more than a couple weeks now but it feels like forever but i think it's been like two months <laughs> thank you so much we were very excited to officially tie the knot since we had to push it from last year obviously because mm-hmm. of everything going on so was, we were very excited to to get married and then uh, as the romance author me would say I was very unromantic and I was like I'm so glad it's done it's <laughs> like, no. a lot of stress I didn't realize it how much stress the whole would be honestly was, I'm like, and you're exhausted lot. you're exhausted afterwards it's so yeah tiring. I, was, I was like I'm just can't. and I was like I can't imagine like people who have very big weddings because we still had to have our numbers down because it was before everything reopened. Mm-hmm. And so ours was, I think we had 38 people. And I was like, oh my goodness, for the people who have like 200, I'm like, how do you, how do you do this? Like, I can't even imagine it. We had a big it's Catholic a wedding. We had a Did big you? Catholic wedding, like 300 people. And oh my goodness, I remember when we left our reception, we went to the hotel. I was so exhausted. We took a shower and then we took a nap. And then we got in the car and drove to the local Hardee's and got 
sound like a monster burger because we hadn't eaten all day, really. That's the thing. Nobody tells you, like, make sure you eat before your reception because you won't eat there. Yeah. I just remember sitting in the hotel room, like my mother-in-law had made us a plate of food and I like housed it because I was so hungry. You're like, I will have all of this. I ate all of it and I wanted all the cookies. Now as an older person, I, um, and we've been married 21 years, I think, no, 22 years. I can't remember. We've been married a long time. Um, if I had to go back and do it again, I would want 38 people. (laughs) I I would want small. Uh, Honestly, we don't have regrets. Like at first we're like, oh, we have to, we can't invite everyone we had planned to. And then we had to like uninvite people because right. Invitations had gone out before Mm -hmm. COVID. So that was fun. Um, but ultimately we were like, you know what, we're okay with it. We're good. We're good. We're good with what it was. It was no stress. So low key. I mean, it's stressful because it's like the nature of it is stressful, but there was mm-hmm. not like added on yeah. top of it. So nice and intimate, which sometimes yes. is just perfect. So Definitely what, so. why an author? What inspired you to write romance? Um, so I've always been, if you were to ask my mom, she's like, you were the one that was like in first grade, they'd have like those little books and they're like, everyone gets to make their own book. And you get to like with the cardboard and you can cover it with like, like pretty wrapping papers mm-hmm. that looks like a hardcover. She's got a ton. And they were in, they were all the same thing. Like this cat story that I had made, like it, I did the same one over and over and over again, like no difference, like drawings of cats. So apparently it started young, um, but I really started writing um, when, and not like cat stories as one does. Um, I really started writing when I was 13. Like I had, I like, I'd always dabbled and like wanted to write different things, um, but I was a competitive gymnast and I actually uh, was almost paralyzed. My, I had fractures in my back. And so I wasn't even, I was in a back brace for eight months and I wasn't even allowed, not only was I like, the coaches were like, you can't come to this gym. Like, we can't trust you in here. But I wasn't even allowed to like go to the mall. Like it went from being active for like 35, 40 hours a week. Like this is your life. Like you go to the gym, you go to school, you go back to the gym to suddenly so much free time that I like ended up watching like Judge Judy. It was Judge Judy, Oprah, Dr. Phil in that order every single day I would come home from school and the one day my mom was like you'd have to stop you have to stop like find something to do (laughs) and I was like I guess I'll like write something maybe and Pirates of the Caribbean had come out recently so of course I wrote a pirate story but like the romance is what always always did it for me and so I started it was pretty much after that it was like game over I did um fiction press all through high school like it's like you know fan fiction's like side sister and immediately was like I just want I just want to write and I for me if there's no romance I'm just like not into it Why I, do we I even need bother? the room mm-hmm. right I'm just like which is interesting because when it comes to tv shows and movies I'm not really that way like I can take or leave yeah. the romance but when it comes to books, like if there's no, ro- if the romance is not front and center, like I, I cannot be bothered. Yeah, I'm the same way. Sounds. Like I, I could care less about watching a romance or a rom-com. Like give right? me a, a comedy or we were watching Fargo right now. Oh, good. Oh it's so good. It's, it's pretty funny. So funny. <laughs> and it's, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's kind of like a strange thing where my husband, it sounds strange to say that I don't really see many people, so I don't get the chance to call him. That <laughs> at all. Um, but, but he's like actually the opposite. Like his reading is not romance heavy, you know, but when it comes to his, like the TV, but in anything that we watch, we have very similar tastes, but anything that we watch, he's like the one that's like rooting for the couple. He's like, they're going to do it. And I was like, one of them's going to die. And he's like, no. <laughs> No, they're not. It's they're gonna live <laughs> happily forever after. It's so funny. One of them's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. See, if I actually sit down to watch TV, it's like give me the true crimes, give me yes. the historical documentaries. I will 100%. occasionally read some nonfiction books, but it has to be something that's like really intriguing to me, like yeah. a Bill Bryson, where I'm learning something. <gasps> weird and intricate or something a walk Um, in the woods is like amazing that's one of my favorites of his I haven't read that one yet I did read home where he talks and breaks down it's really great he breaks down the Victorian home and (gasps) why we do why we have things that we have and also like the biggest piece for me was the fact that shellfish lobster crab shrimp those are the poor man's food in really? Victorian England. Yeah. Yeah. That was the scrub, the scrap. That's what the impoverished people eat. The bugs. Which of the is sea. ironic. You can go broke trying to eat lobster. Right? Yeah. It's so Mr. weird. Mr. Lewis tried. In <laughs> <laughs> our honeymoon, he was like, I'm having lobster for everything. And I was like, okay. Okay, dude. That's, I, had no, I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah. It was very interesting. Like why there are certain, you know, why we have certain keyholes and. Anyway, it's it's very interesting. I need to read that one then. It's really good. I've not read that one. Um, do you have a favorite trope either to read or to write? So I was just joking about this with a friend of mine that one day I feel like I'm going to look back at my catalog, my backlist of books, and realize it was just enemies to lovers. I'm getting that. So I'm actually quite a straddle. I either love friends to lovers for reading or for writing, um, or I love enemies to lovers, which I feel like are completely opposite directions. Like, yeah, they could, they really couldn't get more. Um, but I love friends to lovers because I love that. I think what I love about both of them is that moment where the relationship shifts, where it goes from one thing to something else completely different, where obviously if it's friends to lovers, you have that that moment where, and I especially love it when one of them has not been pining. Like, I love it when it's true friends to lovers. Um, Blurred Lines by Lauren Lane is one of my favorites of all That's time. That's a good one. That's a so very, good. I love right? Lauren Lane, period. I do too. Her I, Oxford I, series is by far one of my most favorites. There's yes. some great characters in that whole series and the stilettos and yeah, it's so, so good. I met her, I think, at a signing, was it two years ago now? And I had to, like, contain myself. Like, I was like, don't <laughs> be that weird person, Maria. Just be normal. Um, and then she was like, I'm not normal. And I was like, oh, great, perfect, let's do this. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I love, like, that Friends to Lovers where it's, like, that truly they're both going on their own steam. They're just, like, riding along, and then they collide. And then the same goes for enemies where it's just that, you know, there's that tension, that friction, and then they just succumb to it. And it just, 
gets me every single time. So <laughs> when it comes to reading or writing, that's my, like, those are my, actually I've never, I've never really written friends to lovers. Um, I did for a, um, like a short story novella, but it is on my to-do list of tropes to write in a book because I love it so much. Friends to lovers, I think people, you know, love it, but it's one of those that's actually a really hard trope to do so very well. Um, yeah, because I, it's not one of my favorites. And one of my, often my complaints of is that sometimes it feels incestual. Like they've been friends for so long and there was never a moment, never a touch, never a kiss, never nothing. Like then all of a sudden this one catalyst happens and now they both have caught feelings. So there's always, right. I think that it's one you have to do it really well. There has to be a really good reason why it took, you know, five years to right. get to that point. You're like 15 years later and you're all of a sudden you're like, I see you now. I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> right? Like, did you get new glasses? I don't know. It's the glasses <laughs> fault. <laughs> Just, you just clean them off. You're like, oh, there you are. Right? The glasses like, came off and it's like a whole new person. Wipe the mud from my eyes and I saw your beauty. <laughs> Feel free to use that line in your next novel. I will. It'll I'll be, be like, acknowledgements. It was taken from Becky. <laughs> <laughs> so you started out publishing with your Blade series. Like what inspired yes. you to write hockey romance? So I'm from Boston originally. I've lived in New Orleans pretty much since 2008. So it's okay. been most of, not most of my life, but the, the majority of my, all of my adult years have been in New Orleans. Okay. Um, but I grew up reading Rachel Gibson, who I just, oh ones. my God, her Chinook series, you know, CJ Jane score is like my, Luke Martin is like my ultimate book boyfriend. Like I just adore him to pieces. And so I was reading those and I'm such a hockey fan. Like it just growing up in Boston, like that's what we would do. We would go, our family would buy seats in the nosebleeds and we would go and we would watch and it was just everything. And when I moved to New Orleans, especially in 2008, there was no hockey on TV, mm -hmm. like nothing. And it almost made me like more obsessive, like than I already was, if that makes sense. Like if there, if there was anything played, it was Dallas or Tampa Bay that's mm -hmm. it like to watch the Bruins was not a thing like I was like sitting there like looking up every, like everything on my computer like oh what happened at the game and so I wanted to write a hockey book and I wanted to write power play but interestingly enough that was a series that wasn't supposed to happen like it was just going to be a one-off book okay. and then the day that I it power play came out um I had an idea for the second book and I was like well I guess I'm I guess I'll do it <laughs> I tell people to stand alone but it doesn't matter and so um and the character the hero for the second book Sinbin Andre Beaumont was in power play mm -hmm. so it worked out in the long run in terms of like not just throwing this at people um but in my on my end it was not supposed to become a series so for the blades, it's always been my thing where it's like, I don't want to, there's so many amazing hockey romance books. Like I've read so many of them, like mm -hmm. we all enjoyed them. And so I always feel like when I have a good idea that hasn't been done or rehashed a million times, then I dive back in. So, yeah. so, so is the rumor that I heard true? You're going back to the blades? 
there will be a fifth blades book it will probably be late late next year um i have the cover already i'm obsessed with it i've had the cover for like a year now and it's just like sitting there with me so i have an idea for it it's just a matter of slating it into my publication schedule but yeah mm. there will be a there will be a fifth one so well, i'm real excited about that it is people love them it makes me happy that people love them especially because the series has in theory been done since 2018 mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily like a well, fresh like or a new like you're one done, but then you keep like sneaking them back in there i know i'm like here have another one here you go like here you are <laughs> you know? it's like tempting with the like holy one chip thing you know you get the one chip and then you're like sitting here going mm. okay i'm gonna need it's the like next one, chip. Or one oreo just one oreo right. who eats one right. oreo leah crazy not people. me <laughs> crazy not this one. lady <laughs> okay like, one sleeve of, like it's a <laughs> sleeve of thin mint type thing right is it, unless you're unless you're in my household which is i think that there are oreos still left but they're but not no he, my husband he's just awful he like he like puts them in the freezer he likes them frozen and so <clears throat> he's really really likes it it's his, it's his okay. thing i'll have to and try like, that I think he, or do it in the or in the fridge he likes them in the freezer but i'm always like am i gonna chip a tooth on this thing right. like can you imagine like going to the dentist like hi i'm here i chipped a tooth on an oreo, oreo. Like, fix me please um and so but yeah so he'll like put it in the freezer and be like oh i'm so excited like i haven't had an oreo in a while and i like open it up and it's empty and i'm just like why I, there <laughs> is no shame in buying things. the family pack even if it's just two of you no oh, shame he does no, I and I would buy stuff and hide them. <laughs> I have my secret stash, oh, and like my awesome. my family will come across the secret stash every once in a while, but they know not to touch the secret stash because I will get very <laughs> upset. I That's tried so that for years, but now I have teenagers and they just eat everything. So I'm just started buying things that nobody likes. Like today, I had groceries delivered and I bought a peach cobbler. I am the only one who's going to eat that peach cobbler, but I'm okay with that. I think that's the way to go. It's it like is. forcing everybody else to stay off, like hands off. You won't yeah. like it. Watch them like try it. it and start to like the peach cobbler though. <laughs> She's like, don't God, say that. <laughs> freaking people. Um, so you have a NOLA series um, yes. and you just recently recovered them. I did. I love, I love your new covers. Oh, I'm so glad you do. I've been wanting to do it for so long. It's been just hanging out waiting for me. So there was there was a plan to redo them. It wasn't a spur of the moment type thing. No, I've been wanting to redo them for about two years now. It's been a long, long time coming. <laughs> Not that I don't love the originals, but I feel like the new ones really fit with who I who, who I am, the books that I write. Mm -hmm. um, and there was some some stuff with the originals that I like it took me a year to realize that the Harrow from book one and book two had the same stock model. Didn't think about that. Didn't realize it until one day I was like looking down, I was looking for images to use for graphics. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's the same dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they weren't brothers. They were not brothers. <laughs> so there were, yeah, there's some certain things just like that. And then um, I wanted them to like, like, again, just to kind of have a fresher Pressure. I feel yeah, like I it blends into ones. your put a ring on it series better now too, because those ones had couples on the cover, which I love those covers. I thought yeah. they worked really well with the way the series was oh, written. I'm so glad you love them. Yeah, that was another thing. I wanted um 
as I was going, you find, you figure things out along the way. And I kind of mm-hmm. realized that I wanted, I wanted readers to be able to look at my books and feel like they knew what they were getting. So if they saw like single dude, super Manchester, they're like, that's a dark, gritty book. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, that's what I'm getting out of it. Whereas if they see one with one of the couples, they're like swoony, like not super angsty, but like you could tell just by looking at them that there was, you could see the separation in the two. So you could mm-hmm. gravitate to what you prefer. Maybe you like both, but maybe you don't. Um, whereas where they were, I, I thought sometimes I felt like it could be kind of confusing. Like they had the the foot, like the lady's like leg, but it was essentially a dude right. on the cover. So it kind right. of, I feel like didn't really match the way I started, started envisioning it to be. So out of all of your books, do you have a favorite hero? Oh, I think I have, I have three. Okay. Can I do that? Can I you have, can have as many as Is you that want. acceptable? This I, was like, many girls this year. <laughs> I was like, can I have three? Um, so I love Gage Harvey from Tempt Me With Forever from the Nola Hart books. Um, he was just a character. I think there are certain characters that just like show up on the page and they just write themselves. And he was that, like he just showed up. It was like, mm-hmm. hi, I'm here. I'm fully fledged, write my story. And so it was, it was really wonderful being with him and Lizzie, who's, who is this heroine. And um, I just loved his, I just loved how much he cared. Like even when he tried not to care necessarily, like he was very mm-hmm. determined, he was very ambitious. And he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in a relationship or anything. Like, he's just one of those, he's just a good guy underneath the tattoos, underneath the The gruffness, the gruffness. Like he's just, he's a sweetheart. Like he's a true, true sweetheart. So I loved writing Gage. And then uh, I also love Saxon from Road to Fire. He is he was another one of those. I really love the broody heroes. They're my favorite. They, I just love to, I just love to write them. And um, he as well, writing him was a joy as icy kind of like cool of an exterior that he was. I loved pulling all those layers back for him. Mm-hmm. And then of course, I, I always, whoever I'm writing is always in my top. And I think it has to be like, if you don't, if you're not obsessed, like the most obsessed with the character that you're currently writing, mm-hmm. then I feel like there's something, something is not right. So Guy well, Priest right. is, has my heart. You should be in love with them so much that you want to keep writing them and be with them and spend time with them. Yeah. Because if you don't, that I, poses a problem. <laughs> right. But I think if you don't, then the readers will sense that too. I've read books by different authors where you know, there are moments where the story struggles a little bit and then, you know, you kind of do a little digging and a little deeper and you find that, yeah, the author was struggling with the yeah, character for at that reason. moment. Yeah. And life, yeah. life bleeds into your books. It happens. Yeah. I slowed down last year by a whole lot, just, just the nature of everything. And so I, for me, I was like, I'd rather put out two books that I'm obsessed with and mm-hmm. put out more that I, I I struggled to write, but but just to just to have you know right. be able to put more re- books into readers' hands. I really was like, nope, I'll sit with these books forever if that's what it takes. I it, I can't remember what author it was, but there was an author, and it was fairly recent in the last year that 
her fans were kind of hounding her for a certain book out of a series. Like they wanted this next book. And mm-hmm. she very clearly shut them down and said, you know what? An author writes what they write when they write it. And I know yeah. you want this, but you have to be respectful of my craft and how I do it. And if that story's not there, then you're going to get this one. Yeah, I also think, and I think this goes for anybody. I think as a reader, we there's always a character that we're like desperate for. Like we're like clawing for them. We're like, just give me that. Like I do it, you know, even though I'm also sitting behind a keyboard, like I'll be like, please tell me you're going to write this character. And mm-hmm. the author's like, yes, that's, that's not happening. I'm like, how could you do this to me? You know? It's like um, a personal affront. It, right? Like, I'm like, I feel personally offended by you right now. Um, but I also think on the flip side, if if it's not a character, because I know this, I know when I had finished the Nola Hart books, it ended up not a cliffhanger, for obviously for Gage and Lizzie, but it ended on a cliffhanger for Owen Harvey and Savannah yeah. Rose. I and was a little salty had, about that. I'll, <laughs> I'll admit it. And then people had to wait another like two years to get Owen Harvey's book. But he was such a character that I had to just sit with him, you know, and I'll be honest, I did not plan the ending of Tempe with Forever. That was very unexpected to me as an author um, because I'm I'm very much like, so I I was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) I will, I will admit, like, I was a little salty about it, but only because like, after you announced the new series, like we, I knew we were getting him, but we were getting him last. It's like, now I have to wait longer like even longer it's like why is she doing this and it's like I just just need books I just need those cruel heart I'm just kidding (laughs) yeah she's cold it worked out for that series that he had it did I love the fact that Owen was last I think it worked out really well and after I read it I was like this totally makes sense and not that like my opinion matters because I'm just the reader I was gonna say Leah it's not like she's personally thinking how how's Leah gonna gonna respond to this I'm gonna get back at her like she's gonna gonna write this just this way just for her (laughs) I did get a lot of people though I will say like I got sometimes some quite aggressive let's say emails (laughs) that were like you promised Owen Harvey and it's been a year and a half and I'm like I know I know he's coming he will be we got him we got him yeah yeah, we finally, finally, finally did. It is like a joy to me when people are like, "Is Owen Harvey's book?" I'm like, "It sure is." Here you go. Here you, go. <laughs> you can be like, "Oh, oh here it is." <clears throat> yeah, it's always exactly. been here. I will always say though, Nick and Mina are my favorite in that series. Oh, like Owen was so awesome, glad. but I love Nick and Mina. I just thought that they were perfect. I'm so glad you love them. That, that book, I think, of all my books. Um, as well as Tempt Me With Forever, but uh, Hold Me Today is by far my most personal book, mm-hmm. where the majority, obviously, I, I've not, I'm, I am not in love with my best friend's older brother, <laughs> but uh, the Greekness mm-hmm. and that um, idea of belonging and immigration and all of that was all taken from my life and from my parents and having those kind of experiences growing up. So it always kind of makes me happy when people say that they love them so much because it, it, it feels like they're like loving me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh yes, thank you. And I, I kind of just took my entire life and just kind of like vomited, 
vomited it on the keyboard and was like, I need to purge all it my worked. feelings. It worked really so, well. I'm so glad you love them. <laughs> um, so was it hard to jump from your contemporary romance with a decent amount of humor uh, worked into them to the Broken Crown trilogy? Because this trilogy is a lot darker, angstier, grittier. Um, I'm sure I can come up with lots more. <laughs> um, it actually it actually wasn't as hard as it, it was not I think I think people might think it was harder it, or it would be a hard jump but for me it wasn't because um these books like these books the blood duet those that's everything that I obsess over in real life if that makes sense so obviously the darker tone, like my life is not pitch black, <laughs> but, um, but in terms of the conversation, like the world building, all of that, like that is what hooks me. Like that's what grips me. And so writing the Broken Crown books, it feels like I, I, whenever I write it, like I'm obsessed, I am consumed. I cannot pull myself away. I sit there and I will do so much research on like all these different things. And I'm like, oh, I want to add this and I want to add that. And I love for the Broken Crown books, especially, I really love the kind of epic love stories. Like it's a love story on this just massive grand scale. It, it, it feels like those, um, when I write them, like I very, very much visualize them, like I'm watching it on tv or a movie screen where it's like these just the emotions are bigger the love is feels bigger all of it is just much more massive so jumping into it was not as hard as i think some people would expect just because it um it's been something i've been wanting to do for a very very long time well and it sounds like it brings in lots of aspects of your personal life too because So, you know, you get to do the research and that is yeah. a big part of who you are is history and research. So it kind of brings yeah. your two worlds together more than keeping them um, separate. Yeah. And I also found that uh, for sure, since the beginning blades, like for sure versus power play, which is like a strict rom-com, very low angst. Like mm-hmm. there's barely anything <clears throat> when people pick it up. I'm like, don't expect angst out of that book. Like it is a fun book. Like it is meant to just like spirit you away and like make you laugh and like that's that is what that book is meant to do but I found as I've uh A New King is my 16th book and as I've been writing um I've always written but as I've been writing since being published um my books have have gotten like I don't want to say progressively darker but like they've gotten like more angsty and like more emotional along the way so it kind of felt like a very kind of like natural fit to just move into into these ones and kind of explore all those different tones and um, feelings. Cause I'm really big when I sit down with the book, I'm like, what feeling do I want this book to have? So, so oh, go ahead. Leah. Oh, so this trilogy, like the three stories and your mm-hmm. prequel story that you have yes. also, like there's a lot of interconnection and like the overall storyline yes. of like Holly Rod rude however you pronounce that and all of that (laughs) how is it a lot harder for you to keep track of the storylines in the basis of that like even having individual books through it 
there are certain things. So I, it's not hard keeping track of locations or anything like that, but um, time, that is hard for me. <laughs> I have a calendar and I, and I write, I'm like, this happened on day three. <laughs> like this happened on day seven because mm -hmm. the books are back to back. So even right. though each book has its own couple, you know, there's, there's sandwiched right next to each other. So I can't just buy book three. I can't just be like, oh, some months ago, like I have to be like, oh no, this happened four months ago because mm -hmm. that timeline affects. It's pretty book. tight. Yeah. It's very, very tight. Um, and I'm also not a plotter. That's fun. Um, I'm oh. very much a cancer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I know, big, I know big things I've owed and I've been sitting with the series for two years now. Mm -hmm. So it, it's fully fledged in my head. So I sit down and I'm like, these are, these are the massive points that need to happen in this book, not just for plot wise, but these are the things that I envision for this couple. Like, this is what I know needs to happen. But then I let the couples pull me along the way. Mm -hmm. And I, because I personally like to be surprised as an author. Like, I like that moment of like, oh my God, that just happened. I didn't expect that to happen. Um, and I find a lot of times that my brain sounds so weird. I know my brain does that, that legwork for me. And I realize I'll, I'll have put down, I'll have done foreshadowing without realizing it. And so even though I'm not necessarily plotting, I'd have a lot of friends who plot chapter by chapter, like they're like, and these are the notes I'm hitting in this chapter. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I, I feel strangled by that. Like my creativity feels absolutely strangled. And so I'll, but I'll, we'll find that like, I'm like, oh, I hit this massive plot twist. Didn't know that was happening. But you look back and I have actually have threaded those, you know, put those already, those threads in there. So it is hard. I do have a, like each book has its own notebook. And so in, in that notebook, it's like timelines, locations with descriptions of locations, pictures of locations. It has, I'll have every single character, who they are, who they are in relation to every single other person. And so if I say get to book two and I'm like, oh man, who is that person that I mentioned in book one? I can just quickly open the notebook and like kind of scroll through and find whoever, whoever it is that I'm looking for. It's interesting. So. Yeah. Um, just to allow like the emotions and the characters to pull you along in the story, um, that it don't, at times, is it overwhelming for you? Like, are you like, wait, stop, <laughs> I need a minute sometimes, to get there. Sometimes what I find most is like, um, uh, my, my husband will be like, you do this every single book. I'm like, I know. Um, but I, I also write linearly. I don't write out of order. And so okay. If I, because I've tried to explain it to him. He's like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I, I promise I'm not. But like, I have like, I'll have like gut feelings. And so I know if I've gone off track and, and like my, like, like my fingers will be like, no, this, like, this is, this is incorrect. This is, this is not giving me the emotion or this is not fulfilling the characters or the characters everything I write just is wrong. And so I'll always send it to my phone, like my Kindle app, and I'll sit there and I'll read it. And I'll, and I'll figure out where, where did that feeling come in? Mm -hmm. Like where, where in my writing process did that feeling dissipate? And then I'll go back and I'll scrap 
everything else that comes after it. Like I'll put it in a separate document. There might be a sentence or two that I can take and tweak to, you know, because I really like the way it was worded or something, but otherwise it goes, it goes in the trash and I write it until it feels right. And so, and when it feels right, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. And I'll like text anybody. And I'm like, this is it. I got it. I got it. And they're like, okay, chill out. <laughs> like you have that aha moment. Like, yes, it all yeah. works. That final piece yeah. to the puzzle. Yeah. Um, I did see that the inspiration for this series is loosely based on the AMC series Turn, mm -hmm. uh, which is based on the novel Washington Spies Network. Um, yes. I love that series. I loved that book. Of course, you know, it coincides with the launching of Hamilton and we're a huge musical theater mm -hmm. family. So it forced us all down the Hamilton. Um, is there some, so is it the spies that intrigued you that caused Broken Crown? So when I first started it, when I was watching Turn, like I've watched that series, I think four times now, like my obsession is beyond measure. <laughs> um, but I remember when I was watching it the first time, it was actually right after the blood duet came out into the uh, summer 2018. And I remember because I was supposed to be writing body track, which was supposed to come out in the fall. And I just, I remember sitting there watching and my brain was like an explosion. I was like, I, I have this idea and I, and I love, I love the idea of, um, I love morally great characters just in general. Like it really, it really gets to me. Um, but one thing for turn was that you got to see, you saw the Americans, but you also saw the Brits and you saw yeah. like, spoiler alert for anybody wanting to watch turn, but like <laughs> when John Andre dies, oh, oh. my God, Michael yeah. and I were sitting literally on the edge of the seat on the couch. Like, like our butts were halfway off both of us sobbing, like yeah. sobbing hysterically. And like, we're both not like massive criers when it comes to movies or TV shows. And we were out of sorts. I can send him a message right now that just is John Andre and he'll send back like a string of like sad emojis. And so I love that idea of seeing both sides to mm -hmm. something. And because I am a historian and I study, I mean, I studied and I worked in primarily doing working with 14th century London I love the idea of being able to bring that idea of like the monarchy back and that kind of like struggle that that kind of happens but I thought I was like I'm pretty sure that making the monarchy alive again in America would be a very hard push like that would be a very hard sell for people to suspend their disbelief to that extent and so I was like but I could put it in the UK and it would it would make my ha my happy place because I could write a series that's based in England and so it kind of it started from there and I I don't even think to be honest that a lot of those points that I had written down in 2018 other than a few massive massive ones never made it into the series into the like it it completely took a completely different life it's of its own so um you know americans are infatuated with the monarchy though it's so yes. odd. it's such a weird mix sometimes so you know i i think you're right it probably wouldn't have worked to bring a monarchy to america or whatever but it's been too hard to mm -hmm. take it we'll over like, oh, yeah, yeah. They'd be like i don't 
think this is well because then you have to work the whole right. takeover angle and all that stuff yeah too. Like, it just it's just a lot like it it's a lot and I and I never never from even the beginning did I think that it would go over as well or be as well received as setting it setting it in England yeah I I think part of it though too is like you have these three brothers who are like true anti-heroes like you want yes. to dislike them so much so much well and so just much. like the little tidbits you get from guy like honestly like this this character i can't wait to like read his book because he's <laughs> oh, he's just such a, like a jackass and like he so is. He, he is. but he's like but i think he's just gonna be like the dirtiest like steamiest like you just can can't attest. stop this is true. Um, I, I really loved writing the brothers. Like I just, it was really strange. I actually made, I put up a post today, like, um, just cause you know, a new King is coming out mm -hmm. and guy is actually the, the character that came into my head first. Okay. And so the official blurb hasn't been released yet, but the blurb that's currently online, um, it's in it. And I can remember it even right now. It says, this is not a hero's journey nor a hero's tale. It's mine. And I've never had any doubt. I'm going straight to hell. And that like, it gives me chills even now. And that was the first thing that I wrote ever, like ever. And it was guy. And so, um, he, he's been waiting his turn for like five books now, ever since I like <laughs> came up with it in my head. Um, but yeah, it's been a really fun writing the brothers because they're very different. So it's very mm -hmm. interesting seeing what people are like, he's my favorite or that's my, or he's my favorite because although they are obviously linked and they are siblings, they are nothing like each other. They're and so different. So different. And so it's been really fun diving into that, but also a, a bit hard in certain ways because Saxon, for example, was very um, icy, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was, he's this brooding, brooding big macho not macho but like big brooding character and who doesn't really allow himself to feel emotions and, and almost in a way he doesn't quite have them mm -hmm. and isla his heroine forces like she forces them almost upon him like he like she they're thrust upon him and he starts feeling things that he just doesn't understand mm -hmm. um which is really fun to kind of write those scenes. But Damien, on the other hand, he's just, he's not hot tempered, but in many ways he he's brimming. Like he, he has almost too much emotion all of the time. Um, but well, he's it's also like over very, the, very almost over the top, like, but not yes. in a bad way, but like he, like he feels, but he feels big. Yeah. Like he, he's just, he's so sensual. He's so like, he's so alpha in terms of, uh, protective like of Rowena once they, mm -hmm. their relationship gets to that point like he is someone who he gives himself and once you once he does like that's kind of it for him like that like you have it and Guy on the other hand is a completely different mm -hmm. animal slash beast slash <laughs> anti-hero <laughs> he doesn't really fit the mold of really anybody I've actually ever read or certainly have written myself. So mm -hmm. it could be a good or a bad thing. You shall see. <laughs> I think it's going to be good. Like just the little snippets that you've been sharing, it's going to be so good, but it's crazy. Cause I don't, when you read the books, like they're part of this, like 
society of like organization who are mm -hmm. there to protect the crown, but it, he almost doesn't want to do that. And like, I'm just, I just can't wait to see like where you take his story and like how he, how that goes for him. Cause like, that's the whole basis of like their character, like, yeah, existence. Kind of wait to see how that, how that plays out. It's, I, I will tell you, it has, of all of my books ever, this has been the hardest book to talk about because everything is a spoiler from page mm -hmm. one. Like there's nothing in it that is not spoilery. And so I'm like, oh, I can share that line. I'm like, no, nope. if I do, I'll have to take out like five, five words and it won't make any sense anymore. Well, like, <laughs> And your spoilers, like they, they're good though, because it's like, oh man, like, you know, there is more to it, but there's so much more. It's you so can't much tell more, us. but it's really it's yeah it's been actually it's been it's been a hard series to market in certain ways because it doesn't really fit anywhere like doesn't really fit in like a happy mm -hmm. little happy little niche yeah. um but it's also been harder just because they're so built upon book one like and so if you don't read it then everything else might ruin the experience mm -hmm. for you and like i know there are certain people who live for the spoilers i am not that person like i'm the like don't tell me I don't want to know, like, I want to find out for myself. And so for those people, I, I care and I don't want to ruin it for them. Honestly, it depends. Like, this is one of those books where I, I don't want the spoilers, but other times I'm like, I don't care. Just tell me how it ends. Like, it doesn't matter to me, but this one, like, I want to be like in the moment for it. I'm a last it, chapter kind of girl. Before are I you? read the book, I am. Oh, my heart I, just squeezed and died. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I think it's because, like, I don't know. I don't does know. Does it level off your anxiety a little bit? It, like, does it like a kind of lower it a little? Yes, because I know where it's, it's going. Like, particularly, yeah. so you know, I got my start in historical romance, and those are mm -hmm. just always a little different. Sometimes it's an arranged marriage, and you read this blurb, yeah. and you think is this really who she's going to end up with? Is it really no, their yeah. story? Um, so when I made the switch over to contemporary romance, it wasn't always a given because that's something that we talk about every once in a while is like historical romance. You knew that like these two people were already married early in the book. Yeah. It's how they figure out they're actually in love is how it goes mm -hmm. down the line. The marriage is early, which is part of the reason I don't epilogues don't do anything for me because I didn't have them in historical romance. So when I made the switch over to contemporary, there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of like the unknown How's this of gonna go? what's going to happen and who is her love interest. Cause I'm really, really confused. And since I've been reading romance since way before you, all of you were probably born, <laughs> um, not Leah, but at least Maria, <laughs> I've been reading romance since 1991. Um, I was born. Okay. There you go. <laughs> like that year, right? Like yeah, that close, specific close. year. Yeah. Um, so she wasn't reading yet at that point. She wasn't reading the romances it was, yet. It was, class. It was in the womb. Actually, I was, I was born. No, I was kidding. <laughs> but, you know, like it, when you start reading contemporary, there's this like, who's her guy? And a lot of the contemporary that I started with, it was still written third person, single point of view. Yes. We didn't have the first person dual point of view. That's a newer phenomenon in romance. Yeah. And so sometimes I need that last chapter just to know that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I totally, I totally get that. I, I don't, I will, t I will say I have one book, Patrick, that doesn't have an epilogue 
and I learned my lesson. I've always written an epilogue after that. Um, I got hammered uh, for not having an epilogue, but I thought like, I thought like it, it fit, like it fit for me. Like I was like, this is how I want it to end. Um, and I didn't realize how readers would react to that. I still get emails that are like, why don't they have an epilogue? And I'm just like, cause they don't, they, they do not, they do they not have don't. one. Newsletter bonus. Don't. Newsletter bonus right, right? here. And so, but that was one thing, even for the Broken Crown books, I was like, y'all, they, they do not have epilogues. They will at the end of a new king, I promise. Like you will get your epilogue, but they're not in. But you have to wait. But you have to wait. Cause it felt like, I feel, it felt weird to me to be like, and here's this massive cliffhanger. But we're going to fast forward 10 years to where they're super happy. And things mm-hmm. are, things yeah, are going I, It well. wouldn't work right like, with the way I the books like would, play out. Yeah, it would kind of kill, it would kind of kill the vibe. But mm-hmm. definitely epilogues in the last one. So everyone feels happy inside. Yeah, epilogues. We did a whole episode on epilogues. And I have zero opinion of them. Because honestly, my early romance reading, they weren't important you just historical romance previous to 2014 2015 Mm -hmm. you didn't get epilogues some of us still don't lorraine heath never has an epilogue ever ever even her new books like her newest series which i like devoured none of them none of them had epilogues in them and but i had a moment because i was so used to reading contemporaries that always have epilogues where i was like i feel a little hurt that there's not an epilogue but then i was like i I never had them before, like, and it never bothered me. Right. See, so historicals, like, I have a hard time reading them, so that I wouldn't even notice that. It's interesting because some good ones. They're not my jam. So, like, when you read (laughs) Judith McNaught, her like her Sherwood Crossing series, you get Whitney, my love, and then until you, and basically you get Whitney, my love's epilogue in the book until you so you don't really need an extra chapter mm-hmm. at the end that's all i'm saying you don't need it epilogues i know I'll, i'm gonna get so much hate <laughs> email from certain people well because they my... feel very strongly about their epilogues yes it's very interesting people the have pitchforks very... will come yeah they have very clear opinions <laughs> of their epilogues so maria what's next we've got book three in the trilogy is coming soonish do we have an official release august date? 13th okay so two weeks three weeks, two weeks i can't math um, it's okay you can never and math. then never math um september bounty will be coming which is it it is actually it's in the series it predates all of it. it takes place in the 1970s it's king john's story when he was still a prince um but it is best read after a new king because of spoilers Okay. And so it's right because it's spoilers. Um, but I, I've been writing that in my newsletter all year. And so there's like still a chunk left, but I've had to hold off on it until a new king comes out because I'm like, otherwise it will ruin that book for you. Yeah, I just like, keep you know. scrolling because I'm like, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to so read it. Yeah, yet. so I'm like, sorry guys, minor pause now. Um, but it will be releasing in September. I think it's uh, no official dates have gone out, but it's for September 23rd is the release date for that. Um, and then I will be joining a collab world um, for a book, a standalone in November. But my next series is going to be a spinoff from the Broken Crown books. So we met one of the heroes in Sound of Madness, and then you'll meet another hero in A New King. So it will be a series of 
uh, it will be another family. So it will not be royal romance by any means, but it will take place in England as well. And I'm really excited about it. Awesome. 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 Okay. So one of the things that we do here on the podcast is we have our buzzing about romance conversation cards. So here is tonight's or today's this episode's, whichever time you're listening to this. You didn't put the number in here. I didn't, I don't know which one we're doing. It's a surprise Uh, for me as well. We're doing number 42. (laughs) Well, I don't have the thing up. In romance novels. In romance novels, we often use the word steamy to describe the level of sexiness of a book. What other words could we use instead of steamy? Sexy. Sexy. Titillating is my favorite. Titillating. Titillating. Sensual. Mm. Sensual, I like that one. one. That's a good one. I don't Uh, know. Racy. Ooh, fiery. Um... I'm not good with the words tonight. Wicked. I really want to read oh, Wicked Romance. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah, a Wicked Romance. I would romance. totally read a, a Wicked Romance. Unvirtuous. Um, <laughs> My story is unvirtuous. I don't Come find out one. what happens. <laughs> You're like, no, not for me. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones that'll be really, really good. Can we just like put an eggplant emoji? Yeah, that's a fire now. One of our re like one of our listeners wanted us to start an eggplant um Goodreads shelf. I do have an eggplant Goodreads shelf because the bigger the better. Where she wanted all the big eggplants. Well, and also (laughs) she wanted it noted if the eggplant was pierced Mm. for her stories. At least one of those, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Those She's are hilarious. She cracks yeah, us up. She is funny. Um, I have Breezy <laughs> and... Uh, breezy seems like it'd be like a sweet romance and not like fade to sexy. black. I don't know. I'll take could, all the heat. Uh, yeah. I like it when they're stupid sexy. <laughs> yes. yes. we. I've been in a slow burn for most of the summer. <laughs> Like fade to black slow burn or like no like no, no like like sixty seventy percent slow burn. What, I yelled at you what like a couple weeks ago. I was like fifty eight percent, Leah. I had to wait to fifty eight percent for the penis. Stupid sexy after that. And then it's it really was fascinating. Stupid. What like what people? I was having this conversation with a friend of mine like about what percentage would you like it to start, and she was like. Yeah, I've been working, so stuff is happening by chapter three. And I was like, I would be so bored. Because uh, for me, like, once they hook up, like, I'm like, okay. All right, here we go. 23% is my Let's magic mark. Is it? Because, so if you are an old school Harlequin romance. 23%. Because if you are an old school Harlequin romance, the rule of thumb in Harlequin romance in the 80s and the 90s was it page 100 if you opened the book to page 100 and they were not engaging in intercourse then it was not it was not a good book like that was a rule of thumb for a lot of years in the 80s and 90s so um but i feel like romance is a little more sexier now than it was in the 80s and 90s so if you have a 200 page harlequin romance at 100, 100 page, they're not having sex, that's 50%. And I 
want it sooner than 50 percent so 23 23 is the magic number but why 23 not like 21 or 26 research 23 research lots, lots of, of research, research. leah i read a lot of books i mean seriously I, how many times do i text you and i'm like three percent he has shoved her against the door and they're having the sex i read one it was eight percent the other day and i was very happy about that see Ooh, that was exciting that's but then, it was, then there wasn't anything for a while and it was kind of sad. Uh, see, I love the buildup. Like I love, I love the, I love the hot and heavy tension. Like where, mm-hmm. like, so when it breaks, but like, we're not talking, not that I don't love Mariana's and books because like they are fantastic, but like, we're not talking 95% and then they're finally getting on. Like I can't, I have to be in the mood for that. I keep saying but, I'm going to read the wall of Winnipeg and everybody keeps telling me, don't do it. You're going to be so mad. Don't do it. It's her such books a slow are fantastic. Burn. Like they're fantastic, but you have to know that like they're not doing it until the last chapter. Like it's like an epilogue yeah. sort of deal. Like that's that's the way that's the way they they boil down. And for me, I have to be in the mood for that. Like I like it. I like it usually around forty to fifty percent. That's my like kind of happy mark where it's like that's your sweet spot. Yeah, like it's almost at the middle point. You know what I mean? But you've got that. But before that, it's a lot of tension, like a lot of mm-hmm. built up going on well and i don't that's mind a slow burn I, like we've talked if there's about, a reason like, for it well and if the chemistry is there like on the page like as they're building up if it's like eh, and then it's like yeah. slow we read a book fizzle. and it was like 90 percent before they did it and there wasn't a ton of chemistry it was a lot of internal dialogue and not necessarily a lot of banter between the characters and I really just felt like a sexually frustrated teenager. Like I wanted to do stuff, but there was no one to do stuff with. Anyway, <laughs> it was very frustrating. The characters just going home to some, 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 some solo time off page. Yes. Off page that. solo time. Off, it didn't. Off page. There was there wasn't no even like, solo time. Cause oh, sometimes man. that's stupid sexy too. Like my the solo PA time. Will tell me, yeah. My PA will send me books to read. And I'm like, is it, she's like, it's not fade to black. I'm like, yeah, but like, what steam are we talking? And she's like, you'll be happy. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> like, like she knows, like, she's like, I won't, she, so for a while she would send me like fade to black books. I'm like, I bet that book is a me thing, but I will not read it. <laughs> we like to say that fade to black is a four letter word. Yeah, it's true. There's it actually is. one book that was, that I think I've read in the last 10 years that didn't have sex and I didn't even care. And it was um, Kerrigan Burns. Oh my God, it's her Jack the Ripper series. Why am I forgetting the name right oh, now? Business is of that, Blood. Was it Stalking Jack the Ripper? That is a different one from a different author. Kerrigan Burns oh. has um, Business of Blood. And I put it off for so long because oh, I knew it, it's yes. a series that has, it's like five books. And so the, the relationship will build up and I put it off for so long because it's like, there's not going to be any sex in it. I know that. But then I read it and I read it six times last year. I yes. See, I like a book like that where like you don't notice it. Like you're I expecting it, but like you don't miss it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm still here for this. Still present, still active. Sorry. I mixed up her with Carrie something or another. Their names are very similar. Carrie something. Oh, she, yeah. Kerrigan Byrne and this other one, Carrie yeah. something. I don't know. She does the Stalking Jack the Ripper yeah, series. I've seen that, that book out. My girl child that read them, out. the whole series. Destroyed them. <laughs> oh, she good. loved them. Anyway, she also is my child that's decided she only likes queer romance and not straight romance. There's nothing wrong with that. 
I'm like, whatever. Give me an MM any day. I said, read away. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Anyway, Maria, thank, thank you. you so much for joining <laughs> us. We totally appreciate you coming on uh, to the podcast and spending some time chatting with us about your books. Um, we're excited for um, The New King, correct? Did I get the title? A New King. Yeah. A New King. Sorry. It's close. Sorry. We didn't write it down, and we know how I am. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not written down. It doesn't but make even sense. when it is written down. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But thank um, you so much for coming on, yes. and was so excited to talk to you about all of the books. Thank I you only so much for having a me. You did. You were like really good this time. You didn't like totally lose it. I'm so proud I of you. <laughs> anyway, thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Well, that was a great interview. I really liked it talking was. with Maria. Um, I'm excited. I guess I'm going to have to, I have not read the Broken Crown series, but. You're going to have to, because you like now. a good anti-hero. I do like a good anti-hero. And they are, they are, they are really good anti-heroes. Like I am, this is one book I've been looking forward to. Um, okay. So, hey, Leah, did hey, you Becky. know September 6th is National Read a Book Day? I did only because you've told me this. It's like, it's like a bookworm's high holiday. And guess what? (laughs) We are celebrating. We're celebrating. (laughs) On September 6th, we're going to be hosting our first ever readathon live stream over on the YouTube. Uh, Carolina from Curl Up With Books will be taking on co-hosting duties for the day with me. But you can expect some of our regular Quick Shot of Romance co-hosts. And of course, Leah will be dropping in throughout the eight-hour live stream. Uh, We have a lineup of 12 amazing authors, uh, some familiar faces, and some new faces. As always, you can expect laughs, shenanigans, and maybe a giveaway or two. Um, We'll have more details on our website and social media in this coming week. I'm kind of excited. It's going to be a fun day. It's going to be great. And honestly, if I, my kids weren't home, like they have the day off because it's labor day also. So if they weren't home, I would probably be able to pop in a little bit more, but since they're home and I think the husband is home that day also. So there's a lot of, a lot of happenings in the house that day. You'll pop in though. And, uh, Mm -hmm. Carolina, when I was talking to her today, she's like declared it our first annual. And I was like, okay, bookworm high holiday on labor day going forward i, don't I know. like it i, I like, like that we're calling it a high holiday right i Makes mean we me feel like regal and fancy we are fancy we are well we are fancy i like to think we're fancy um, so tell everyone about book club drunk book club best night coming of the month up on August 14th, and we are reading The Holdout by Mickey Miller, and Mickey will be joining us for the evening. You can find all of the details for that um, to join us on their website, and Drunk Book Club is part of our Patreon campaign, but if you would like to try it out to see if you, if we are your jam, because we're not, we might not be for you, but it's a lot of fun. You can send us an email and you can give us a try and see if you like hanging out with us. But we are a ton of fun. It is so much fun. And I'm excited to chat with Mickey. He's a hoot and a half. He leaves me audio voicemails in my Instagram Instagram inbox. He's so funny. Uh So funny. I'm Um, just excited because we've had a couple months where we haven't had authors join us because of circumstances like surrounding them. And so it'll be fun to have an author come back again. I agree. 
I agree. So back to a little Patreon business. Mm-hmm. Our first ever cold brew tier Patreon was sent um, a buzzing about romance reading journal this weekend. Um, as part of the cold brew tier, you get a new reading journal every six months from us to help you keep track of your TBR, book reviews, wish list, and the book budget. Mm. Um, Sturdy words, book budget. Yeah. Uh, the fancy drink tier received a PDF uh, in their inboxes so they can print their own. If you would like more details on how to support the podcast and get your own personalized reading journal, you can find details at patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee. Mm-hmm. The journals are so cool. We're going to the printer tomorrow afternoon. We're recording this on Tuesday night. We're going to the printer tomorrow afternoon to get it all printed and laid out. So exciting. It's so exciting. did you know that we have merch? We have teamed up with I Love HEAs on Etsy to come up with the most amazing t-shirts, hoodies, and tote bags. This is the softest t-shirt I have ever worn. And I keep saying that, but it is so true. Like it is so soft and so nice. So you should all take a look and check it out. Um, The link is on the website. It is. And Becky got a co-player t-shirt because she is my favorite co-player. I got a co-player t-shirt. It's super soft. I got it in Navy. It's really, really nice. Um, and it, they can see you pulling on it. Right. I know. Right. Like they can see me touching it. I love it. It's so nice. Um, so yeah, I should check out the merchandise. It is linked on the website. Um, so summer reading challenge. We summer are reading challenge. Like we're into the, the home, the home stretch. stretch. Yeah. So when this episode's drop, we will have already awarded 20 prizes in Summer Reading Challenge. But there is still tons of prizes left to win. Yes. We have five more weeks of regular prizes, our monthly Brenda Trim giveaway, mm-hmm. plus the grand prize will be awarded on September 2nd. So any book you have read from May 20th until now, until really September 2nd or mm-hmm. September 1st, I think September the cutoff 1st. date September 1st, um, will count. You can find details and bingo cards on our website. Or if you have questions, you can just email us at info at bookcaseandcoffee.com. That one works, right? Yeah, that one works now. Bingo okay. at Buzzing About Romance works too. Oh, it does? Yeah, okay, I got them all go. fixed. Um, so, because anyway, but everything works we, now. We did some changes and had some issues with emails coming through, but everything is good now. Yeah. So what are you reading? I am reading The Right Side of Wrong by Prescott Lane. Um, it is releasing July 29th. It is her newest book in I, I haven't started it yet. I need to read it, but I'm very excited about it because she is one of my favorite authors. What are you reading? So I am finishing up The Takeover by T.L. Swan because I got an early copy of Casanova, which is book three in the Miles High Club series by her. Ooh. And they are sexy billionaire romances. So highly recommend so we have another couple big week, big week of upcoming releases. So, but I only did a few. So start us off, Leah. Okay. So August 1st, we have Just a Beach Fling by Mimi Kinley. 
We stud finder, which is part of the busy bean series by LD Dunbar. And that actually comes out August 2nd. I have it wrong. So I'm oh, sorry that happens. So Twice August 3rd to catch a thief counterfeit capers book three by Sloan steel because you're mine Gallagher's book three by Layla Hagen singe men of inked heat wave book eight by shell bliss playing with words boggy creek valley book two by kelly elliott live and let grow which is a novella by penny reed if the shoe fits meant to be book one by julie murphy so i read an early copy of this it's published by disney publishing which is a newer on the scene romance publisher okay and it is a Cinderella retelling. So if you guys are looking for a fairy tale retelling um, for bingo, this is amazing. It is also a real bodied heroine. Which is also a bingo square. Square. It's really interesting. And the reason I stop you to talk about this book is because it is amazing. In this book, the stepsisters and the stepmother are not evil. Really? Yeah. They're That's actually nice. like, even though they're like, regular body, you know, thinner on the thinner side and beautiful. They are kind. They are supportive. Like it was one of the most like women supporting women romances I've read in a long time. Like there was not the competition or the sense of evil. Um, so I highly, an interesting highly take on it. it. Yes. I highly recommend it. Like I said, uh, if you like the books of Olivia Dade, you will love Julie Murphy's If the Shoe Fits. It's really well done. So, okay. And then also August 3rd is Big Witch Energy by Kelly Jameson. She's going a little bit <laughs> different. Paranormal, yeah. Paranormal. Mm -hmm. So August 4th, we have Sweet Sexy Heart, The Braden and Montgomery, Pleasant Hill, Oak Falls, Book 8 by Melissa Foster. That's a mouthful. I know, right? And then on August 5th, August 5th, we have Relentless, which is the Mason Family Book 4 by Adriana Locke. The Defender, Boston Hawks Hockey by Gina Aziz comes out on August 5th also, which we all are waiting. We have been waiting, waiting for this because it's James's book and he's the widower and like it, yeah. this one we have been waiting. Yeah. Um, if you like hockey romance, I cannot say enough great things about the Boston Hawks series by Gina Izzy. I believe book one through this weekend, like through to like August 2nd is still free. I think so. so. Um, and it's so good. So good. It is so good. Um, you can find a full list of our weekly releases on our website each Sunday. We also have a list dropping today of our most anticipated releases of August. There are, there are a lot of books this August. Like it's I was interesting because I didn't find a ton. So you and I will talk about it on our next quick shot of romance. Leah and I are reviewing, um, a book together and we'll talk at the end of that about our anticipated August releases. Cause yeah. I didn't figure anybody wanted to be here for like six hours. Why we talk? Why? They like to hear us talk. <laughs> Tell everyone what we're talking about next time. I'm super excited. Like so super excited. Next time author willow winters is joining us and we are going to talk to her all about her live a thousand lives project and her passion to advocate for others i am super excited about this like i know that willow is very excited to come and talk about this yeah. it's going to be such a good episode so the live a thousand lives project and we'll talk about it more on the episode she actually provides these pre-loaded speakers with books 
mm-hmm. give to people who are visually impaired or have mobility issues that can't hold books, but enjoy stories. And mm-hmm. so um, this is a charity she started, and I'm super excited to learn more about it and how we all can support it. Because you know me, anything to get a book in somebody's ears mm-hmm. or hands, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's it for this time, everyone. We'll be back with Quick Shots Romance and then back with Willow Winters next Sunday. Yes. Have a great week. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.